0: Hey, Marty, that that music I'm hearing, what do you think that means about the podcast for Rolling Dice and Taking Names this time?
1: Hmm, could it be maybe our special football edition for Super Bowl week?
0: I think it is. It's time for that part of the season where we all gather around the couch and watch commercials. That's right, Super Bowl weekend.
1: yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like everybody be quiet during the commercials. You can turn down the game if you want because we can see that.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, we can see that. in you know, any time you can come in at the end and see the final, it's no big deal. But it's the commercials you got to watch. They're even doing teaser commercials now. But we're not here to talk about – The Super Bowl, we're here to talk about games that deal with football. Games that you may have in your collection that you've played in the past. Or, who knows, you may still be playing over time. So, in today's podcast, we're going to talk nothing but football. But gaming football.
1: Gaming football. Not, And I must say, we're probably going to stretch it a little bit. It's not necessarily tabletop gaming football. But, hey, this is our show. We'll do what we want. That's
0: right. And we got a first this time. We're even going to have a special guest on the show.
1: That's right.
0: Yes. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have, uh, have a different voice, so y'all sit by. Here it comes. And are we ready to take off for Rolling Dice Taking Names? The football episode.
1: All right. So, growing up, we, I mean, there wasn't a lot of tabletop football games. But I do remember one of the first games I ever played having to do with football was the electric or electronic football did you ever have that
0: i had yes i had three sets the first one i had was the um super bowl edition of oakland raiders and kansas city chiefs i remember it It was a huge field it had one of those cardboard stand-ups on the back to indicate the fans and and who could forget that sound that was a great sound
1: now, for the youngins who have no clue what we're talking about, this was a, I guess a a football field that was that had a vibrating table. Yes, I guess, I guess there was a motor underneath the table. You had your little uh, football figures, uh, little plastic football figures that you put on the field. You flip a switch and the table vibrates, and then your guys move around the field.
0: And and, and one thing you guys need to understand is these guys sat on these plastic bases that had little fingers on them so as it vibrated it basically grabbed at the table to move them and the rookie bases were just four little prongs and the pro bases had a turning base and you were able to spend most of your time you'd spend just like regular football you know there's 12 minutes of real football but in electric football you spent 10 minutes setting it up turn on the switch <laughs> and turn off the switch that was it. That, that was electric football, man. And now. Okay,
1: talking about those bases, did they actually make a difference?
0: Uh, I remember us sitting there. You'd say, oh, okay, we're huddled up. And you sit there and you turn the little bases, trying to get your blockers to go one way to create a hole, just like you saw in real football. You'd be happy if they went straight.
1: Usually my guys ended up going in a circle
0: exactly and so you know electric football was was a great thing and nothing was more enjoyable than having both sides set up and somebody bumped the board just like a regular board game it was as classic
1: and did you ever even attempt to pass you remember the football was a little felt piece of felt basically and the quarterback had like a springy arm and you had to like pull back his arm and let it go and hope the little piece of felt hit another player for a reception
0: I remember that. uh, Some of them were foam felt, yeah, the little, and they were split on the end. So you could stick it in the little slot. That's right. And you'd pull it and, and I never read the rules growing up. So I don't know what was the official way for a pass to be done. No, we didn't use that because it never worked. So all we did was we'd stand on the edge and we would toss the little footballs at the guys and we would sit there and measure, make sure our little hands wouldn't go past the quarterback. And if it hit the guy, it was considered a completion. I don't know what the real rule was. I'm sure we could look it up online. What a completed pass. was. I know you used to have to stick the football in the little flag behind the quarterback to indicate a handoff.
1: And, again, if, if my running back actually ever got the ball, he just ran in a circle anyway until somebody else touched him.
0: So it was a good way to kill two hours, electronic football, one of our first board games that we ever played uh, growing up. Uh, you know, I think I had, like I said, six teams growing up. It was, it was fun, but, you know, oh, let's play it. Let's play it. Play it for about an hour. Okay, this is stupid. Let's put it away.
1: Uh, yeah, because you're, you're right. You spent 15 minutes um, setting it up for um, 20 seconds of an actual play, just like in real football.
0: Exactly. It was some good times. Oh, did you ever try to kick field goals with the little quarterback?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. That I never even came close to that. I don't even know how that was supposed to work. That's right. You put the little football down at the base. It, yeah. and it had like a little spring leg.
0: Uh, and the spring leg yeah. clicked in behind the little stand, and you pulled him back. You pulled back where he would normally throw, and the spring leg would go, Yep, And it, and if you put the football too tight on the tee, it wouldn't do anything. If you put it too loose, it would fall off. Oh. But, hey, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun memories of that. And the only time people would score is if on a kickoff the guy would run and actually run straight and everybody else would peel left and right and it would be just a basic wedge of him coming up the middle.
1: <laughs> oh, Yeah. But then what was cool was, I'm sure you had to have this, right after this, you had to have on the Mattel electronic football game, didn't you?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, When we think about it in the 80s, Mattel started coming out with these handheld games. And and I know this isn't football, but the first one I got was, was it football that came out first or baseball?
1: I think football came out first.
0: Yeah, we all had it. And I've... I played that thing to death, football, it was amazing. They sold for, back then, a lot of money. I think it was around $20, it was unreal.
1: Yeah, I I can't remember what the price was, Um, but everybody had those things, and it was nothing more, for those who don't know, it it was a set of LEDs behind a screen, and the buttons were up, down, and I guess, was it right, up, down, right, and then there were buttons for scores.
0: Right, you're absolutely. Right. I'm looking at mine that they re-released. You know, to do the anniversary editions. You're right, up, down, and one button that had left or right. But then they messed us up. They came out with football too, that had passing. Oh, we were nope. the stuff.
1: Did not like it. Didn't either. And you, you did, I didn't like
0: it. And why? Why did you not like it? I know it's the same reason for me.
1: Well, the passing didn't work for me.
0: You, well, what'd you do? Kept throwing interceptions or?
1: yeah I mean, I don't know. I couldn't also could you move left and right on that one? I mean on this one you only moved one direction
0: i I could only my my right thumb could go quickly, but the left thumb could not do it and oh yeah no, I couldn't do it i hate I did not like football too Football one was always my favorite,
1: yep, I agree, and I think it's funny that they actually re released that like you said a few years back for I guess people like us who wanted some nostalgic toys.
0: Hey, it sits on my desk at work. People still come in, pick it up, and play it. They'll score a touchdown. They'll relive that sound of a touchdown, and then they'll put it down. Yeah, it was a good game. A very good game. And the neat thing, I don't know, in the re-release, you know, I'm sure if you were to take it apart, it's probably one little microchip now versus a whole circuit board. Right, yep. Um, The game was actually harder because I guess it got smarter. Who knows? The programmers. The new one? Yeah.
1: The new one's harder?
0: The new one's harder. It actually, you know, how they would all drop to one side and you could run forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's not the case. So that's too
1: uh, funny. That's exactly what I did. You move to the bottom or top of the screen and hope that they would all move to the top and then drop down to the, the bottom or top row and go all the way across. So yeah, just keep running.
0: Cause the computer wasn't smart enough to figure out, Oh, he's juking me. And I think, and the new one is they know you're going to go down there. So the programmers are think that fine. We'll all go down here. And as soon as he presses up, we'll all shift and you just, boom, you're done. It's, it's hilarious.
1: So, um, the electric, Football, the Mattel electronic game. What was next? Well, that's just it, Marty. I I don't think there was a
0: whole lot of other when we were growing up board games. I did try a game along with. We played a a a card game, and I introduced it to you when we, you know, in college when we were playing APBA, and I forget what I forget what APBA stands for. But it for the longest time they would model cards based on baseball stats and then they came out with a football and we played that for a little while but um it wasn't that big we tried it we the rolling the dice moving the football wasn't as easy as baseball so I played a little APBA baseball but other than that I can't really think of a whole lot of board games can you growing up
1: no that I'm sure they were out there but oh wait a minute Now, this isn't a board game, but do you remember this? Do you remember in college when we bought the Super Jock?
0: Oh, you're oh Super Jock, yes. Nothing could hurt your hand like Super Jock.
1: (laughs) So, Super Jock was this um, figure, it was a football player with a head that you would push down on and it would kick its leg out. And the whole purpose was you put a plastic football in front of his leg, you pop its head, and he kicks the ball. And they came with goalposts. And the goal was to obviously kick a field goal. I don't know how many hours in our apartment in college we spent kicking field goals down that hallway.
0: I just hate to be the people below us. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. Bam! Bam! <laughs> Bam! <laughs> and, and, then and it never we broke. So,
1: no, it didn't. And we were so geeky. <laughs> I remember being an in, in engineering students, We We took the size of the football and the distance that we would kick it and we would convert it to, if that football was a real size, how far we would be kicking it in real yardage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember we predicted it was like 60, 70 yards. Right, and and we really,
0: we just didn't care. We were just trying to kick it as hard as we could and as far as we could, but there was actually the game. You had a spinner and you had a, a plastic measure that you would put yard stickers on. And I remember doing this and you'd spin it and it would indicate, do you kick left of the hash mark, right of the hash mark, or down the center? And it would tell you the yardage. And that's the game you would play with your friends. It's, and you try to line up and kick. And in a way, it was kind of like, I, I mean, I know it's nothing like real football where you're kicking a field goal. But if you just slightly miss his head or slightly rock him, that ball was going off off to the left or the right, you know? Yep. It was, oh, That was a great game. I hate they don't make it anymore.
1: Yeah, because uh, we had looked it up before, and it was like – I thought for sure that would be another one they re-released, but I, I guess not.
0: I'd love it. Just watch your boys.
1: Uh, that, yeah, that would be – oh, <laughs> they'd have a ball with that. They'd find some way to break it, though.
0: Uh, it was just endless fun. Now, they did release it late, and I don't know if it was the late uh, 90s, but they basically – made it a different type of model than what you and I remember. And it was geared more towards the very young kids. Um, But, you know, that wasn't the Super Jock. You know, the Super Jock was in the 70s and early 80s. And it was a a fantastic game. It was actually a game, not just a toy, where you tried to go out and score as many field goals as you can and waste many, many hours. Oh, unreal.
1: After that, even though it's not a, a board game, I played a lot of hours on uh, Madden football, too, when it first came out for, I guess it was the Nintendo at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Nintendo, um, yep.
1: Did you ever own any of the Maddens? Uh,
0: yeah, I owned the Maddens, and uh, what was the, uh, all the all the football. You gave them all a try. Madden, of course, was the best, and the early Maddens I loved. Um, and yeah. We well,
1: you know why I love the early Maddens more than I do the ones they have now. Screen size? No, because back then they only had like six plays. Uh Uh-huh. And now they've got like pages and pages of plays where I, just give me a choice of like four or five and let me be done with it. I don't need the reverse images of each one of them and all this stuff. it got too complicated.
0: Well, I liked the the older ones because I could actually see the routes, the receivers, and when they were open versus, oh, look, it's more real. You're behind the quarterback. I don't need that.
1: Yeah, that's true. And also, they didn't used to have 11 players on the field. It was a lot less.
0: Now I did break out getting prepared for this episode. Uh, I still have an old SNES sitting around the house. Mm-hmm. I broke out NFL Blitz.
1: Oh, that was so much fun. Before it got stupid.
0: Well, okay, it was stupid to begin. Okay, it was stupid to begin, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. But oh, tackling and causing fumbles and clothes linings and body slams, wrestling and football. Oh, that was a
1: great game. That was one of the best football games. I I like that more than the realistic ones. Yeah.
0: Now and then there were other games that came out. I think, you know, when the Commodore computer was out, we played it in the college. We I did have one of the games. I can't remember who made it. It was I don't think it was uh Tecmo Bowl but um somebody else had another game, maybe uh electronic arts or whoever came out with something. I don't know. We played those as well. But, you know, we're we're forgetting one thing, Marty, and I I think what we need to do is, as we wrap this up, I think we need to do it in casual corner. And we can discuss the all-time classic game that can still cause grown men in meetings to be kids again.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: So this podcast on Casual Corner is about not so much a board game or a card game or anything like that in honor of football. It's all about a game that we played growing up. We can still do today. Paper football.
1: Paper football. Yeah,
0: paper football, man. What? Okay. First off, if you haven't ever played paper football, where you been? I know you. No, I've I've played paper. Football, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking this, about the the audience.
1: This is our casual corner. Is paper football
0: really? But well, it's a classic. It's it is the most casual. Okay, so you sit down. If you don't know how to fold a piece of paper into a football, you got to know how to. You got to teach your kids how to do that. You fold it into a triangle. I don't know, Marty, when you played, if you used a special weight paper. We always went with notebook paper. That's what we had. Notebook. Notebook. You you fold in the triangle. You do that today. You fold it up. You slap it on a on a meeting table. I can do it. Yeah. Okay. That's real professional. Everybody looks at you. You set it up on a corner, and and immediately goalposts appear all around the room. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I guess that is a tabletop game.
0: Yes it is. Cuz I mean to play the game, all you had to do was um I don't know what your rules were, but you'd you'd you the football had to hang off the edge of the table without falling off. Right. And you do that by you'd you'd hit it with a finger or flick it or I don't know how what your rules were for movement of the football across the table.
1: Ours was a flick. You couldn't slide it. You had to flick it. Okay. You couldn't put your finger on top of it and push it. It had to be flicked.
0: Now, did you ever kick field goals before you scored, or it was always a score and a field goal?
1: Yeah, a score and a field goal.
0: Now, if someone knocks it off the table out of the end zone, did the other team automatically get a field goal?
1: Oh, I don't remember if we did. Did you do that?
0: It depends on who you were playing. Some people were purists. Others saying, well, how can you do that? Or or they'd set up you know, coins to indicate field goal range. Um, But you would always – you'd never kick from there. If you you flick the football inside that range, you could try for a field goal. You take it across the table, you set it down, and boom. And I know you had different – you had collegiate and pro goals, right?
1: Uh, Let's see. The collegiate was forefinger to forefinger, and professional was thumb to thumb.
0: Thumb to thumb. There you go. Yep. And wear eye protection always because those things can hurt you.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, I remember in ours – if you got a good football that was properly weighted and had a good low coefficient of friction, you treasured it. And I know a lot of people that I played with would take scotch tape and uh, tape up the football in scotch tape because it would slide a lot easier and also make it tougher.
0: I can can understand that. And you'd sit there and it would would last a little bit longer. You wouldn't have to remake it.
1: Exactly. And um, I remember that There was always be the argument: is the football hanging off the table or not? And you had to take another sheet of paper and slide along the edge of the table, and like that paper didn't
0: move out as it it came (laughs) towards the corner. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but you know, if it touched the football it was a score or other or some people would take their finger on the side of the table and flick upwards. Oh yeah. And if and if it flicked the football, that means it was it was hanging over the edge. Yeah,
0: like they would be real close. You would have to come down yourself. No man, that's not it. Yeah, many, many a ruckus broke out over there. So You know, if you're holding a Super Bowl party or something like that and and people are just sitting around because, oh, I don't know, the game's a washout or something, make you a paper football over there near the chips and dip and see if you can't get a game going. I guarantee you, you have a paper football sitting on the table, you're going to have some field goals flying.
1: No, that, that's, that was true. You may not be sliding the ball across the table, but guaranteed you'll be kicking footballs across the room. That's hilarious.
0: Uh, so that's our casual corner. We hope you all appreciate a little trek down memory lane there. And if once again, if you don't know how to make a paper football, I'm sure with the Internet today, you could probably get, oh, I don't know, Google to the 30th pages to find on how to make the perfect oh, paper football. You know
1: there's got to be – youtube videos on it all over the place
0: probably no doubt about it and that's really all you need to know about our casual corner for paper football hey marty guess what's getting ready to happen here on the podcast what's that we're gonna have our first special guest can you believe that get out of here somebody's willing to waste their time to come and sit down with us and talk about board games
1: nice nice well i hope since it's a football themed show that it's a football themed game
0: that's absolutely right and who we got coming on the show tonight his name is steve he knows a lot about blood bowl something uh one of those classic games football games that you and i've heard about we've never had the opportunity to actually get out and play so he's volunteered his time he's going to come on the show and help us out here and talk to us about blood bowl are you ready for this i'm ready all right Is well steve steve, ready? steve you out there buddy i'm ready Outstanding. well steve we appreciate you taking the time for coming on the show to talk to us about blood bowl um and if you would i won't be honest with you if you could just give us a little who makes blood bowl how did you get involved things like that get us ready to go
2: um let's see blood bowl it's made by games workshop it's one of their I guess, older games now because they started it back in, I believe, 1987 or thereabout. And it takes place in their fantasy world with the elves and the goblins and uh, dwarves and humans and orcs. So it's like your ultimate fantasy football. You know, these jocks talk about, oh, I'm going to play fantasy football. I'm like, no, you're not. This is fantasy football.
1: Now, wait a minute. As a fantasy football (laughs) player, I kind of take objection to that. But I see what you're trying to say. Go ahead.
2: No, this is true fantasy. It has the elves, the goblins, the orcs, the ogres.
1: Is it the Warhammer world?
2: It is the Warhammer world. Okay. But it's slightly different because things are fought on the football pitch as opposed to the battlefield. Okay, so
0: is it kind of like got the same goals where you've got it two teams going against one another and they're trying to score for like a better word a touchdown or
2: basically basically you have let's see total of sixteen turns to score as many points as possible it's broken up into two halves so eight turns in each half and it goes back and forth so like first of all, you start off with a Coin toss, like any good football game does, and you choose who's kicking and who's receiving. And the kicker, you know, places the football on the field and then rolls a the dice to see where it scatters, and see what happens. Whether like he could have a pitch invasion where the uh, exuberant fans climb onto the pitch and beat up somebody on the opposite team. Oh, oh wait, whoa, whoa.
0: So wait a minute. So <laughs> the fans get to play in the game too. Every now for, and then. Uh, for ever. Oh,
2: that'd be so cool <laughs> in real football. <laughs> and if, like, if you're blocking, well, those are
1: called, I think those are called soccer hooligans in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: it's kind of a combination of American football and rugby.
0: Do do the fans lay on top of the ball and then
2: have to go get kicked by somebody? I'm just asking. Is, no, is no, it no. be like real life or something? I don't know. No, the the fans are actually very minimal. Other than you know pitch invasion or if you knock a player off the field, then the fans get to throw him back on and hurt him or beat him or do whatever. So but, it take
0: yeah. So it takes 16 turns. You try to score as many points or what?
2: Yes, and each. It's sixteen turns broken down into two halves, so eight turns per half. And the first player you know moves his team, tries to get the move the ball down the field. whether that happens or not, you never know. And the other player tries to set up his defense to stop him from moving. Now your turn is over if you try to pick up the ball and drop it, you do a pass and drop it. One of your t- players is knocked down. Um, I think that's, I think those are all the, all the ways that the turn ends and scoring and scoring. Now, if you can score within those eight, those first eight turns in the first half, then the other team gets a chance to try to score. And then at the half it switches and whoever kicked receives on the beginning of the half. And there's lots of strategy involved because each player has different stats, of course. Each player has a different position, like you have a a thrower. They're not going to stand up to getting hit like a blocker is. You have a catcher who's really fast and agile, can usually dance through all the other guys. But if he gets hit, he's going down. Now, you can also kill players in this. So you got to be careful with what you do. Because if your player gets knocked down, there's a chance that he gets injured and is out of the game for the rest of the game, or he's outright killed. So it's always good to try to have extra players to bring in if you can.
1: So there's there's league play in this, correct? There is. And uh, does uh, injured players, or do injured players play into that, where if they're killed, they're out for the season?
2: Yes. So if you wow. ha- if you have a really good player and he gets killed, he's gone. Now, you do have apothecaries, which can reduce the injury, but usually they'll end up with like um, a minus to their agility or their movement or something like that because of the injury. Okay.
0: So are there like cards for every player
2: and things like that where you can track this stuff? Um, you, you, you have a, an army list, basically, that has the stats on it for uh, movement, agility, strength, and there's one other one but I can't
1: think of what it is right now now is 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 your team made up of individual characters or is there um like named characters or they're like you would just have linemen
2: well you're the coach you start off with I believe it's a million gold pieces to make up your team and within that you can buy however many line, well there's limits to how many throwers you can have how many catchers you can have and I think line, yeah there's limits on each of them because the linemen are limited too but you buy each of them and then you can give them each names so they do end up becoming a character so to speak but they're each you know it's basically oh this is my lineman number one this is my lineman number two but as that player starts to get better more than likely you're going to name him something
1: okay
0: okay And so if, so you build these teams, do you buy individual, I mean, first off, are these things miniatures? Do you get to paint them? Do you have to put them together or do you buy a whole box and you say, bam, I got a team.
2: You can buy the blood bowl box, which comes with two teams, orcs and humans. And I believe there's 12, yeah, there's 12 miniatures for each team. So you have a full team plus an extra for a sub. So you can play 11 guys at a time. They come unpainted, so you get to paint them and put them all together. And then you can buy other teams of the, you know, let's see. There's elves, ogres, vampires, zombies, goblins, orcs, dwarves. Wow. Just That's a whole a lot.
0: Yeah, just a whole bunch. So Yeah,
2: undead, Kemri. You know, a, any of the main armies in Warhammer have a team. Is the
0: game still active? Is Blood Bowl still being produced by GW, Gamers Workshop, or is, have, has it stopped and it's pretty much just people who have invested, find one another, and still play?
2: After 3rd edition, it kind of went into a hiatus where the players were kind of moving it along, and then GW saw that there was still very much interest in it, so they picked it up and did another one, which was 4th edition, and after 4th edition, they turned it into a PDF, which you can download off of Games Workshop's uh, site or the Blood Blood Bowl video game site, they have a living rule book now. And every so often, the living rule book is updated by GW, and I believe it's a group of um, people, just fans that put in rule suggestions. GW looks at them and goes, okay, that's a good one, that's not a good one, that'll break the game. So it's kind of a... Group project now, but
1: almost like an open source,
2: yeah. Almost, but um, GW still owns the rights and they still sell all the miniatures and the boards and all that. Although you can, okay, so the miniatures are still produced, yes.
0: Okay, yes. and are they occasionally coming out with new teams as long as updates, rules, or things like that?
2: I haven't seen a new team in probably two, three years now, okay. So
0: an average game, let's say we were able to go out find some teams, find some dust on them, we wanted to form our own teams, uh form our own group to play. How long does a normal game take between two players?
2: It depends on if you use the rules in the book or not. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, a minute. so if we make up our own rules it could take less time? No, the there's a time limit on in the rules that was added after I believe it was third edition to a four-minute turn so if you take a four-minute turn each time you're looking at probably about an hour but if you don't do that like if you're just learning it can take up to probably about an hour and a half or more
1: oh wow i thought or it was longer than that two hours sorry
0: but st- but still i mean yeah i'd heard three to four hours per game so that's a lot better it used to take that long
2: really but With the four-minute time limit, it really makes you think. And once that four minutes is up, you're done. Otherwise, you you lose a re-roll. Which, when you're making your team, you can buy re-rolls, which allow you to... Like, if you mess up a a block roll, you can re-roll it. But you only have a limited number. Okay. So, like, you might start start a league with two re-rolls. And by the end of the league, you might have four. Because you can them up. You can also, I believe, they can also go down depending on different things now. But usually, they just go up, which is a good thing.
1: <laughs> but do you still play?
2: I mean, I, d- I do when I can. I've I've actually they actually came out with a uh, video game which I play on the Xbox, which plays just like the board game.
1: I'd actually heard of that, and I'd actually looked into possibly getting it when it first came out. But I'd read a review that said if you had never played it before that it was really hard to learn from the video game because the tutorial wasn't very good.
2: Yeah, I've heard that too, and I can see that. But being a player, I'm like, this is awesome because I don't have to hunt someone down to play. I don't have to go somewhere to play. I can just turn on my Xbox and pull up a team and go at it.
1: You just play against the computer?
2: Yeah. Or you can play online against other people.
0: So I'm just curious in the rule book is what 500 pages
2: no I'm kidding (laughs) I think it's 100 100, 100. wow still but a lot of that is fluff (laughs) oh okay
0: (laughs) yeah kind of like those RPG books and things like that yeah well well, Steve I mean would you if if people were interested in wanting to play Blood Bowl would you recommend it I know you've talked to us about it Um, that's how we were able to find out about it and get you on the show, but um, would you uh, tell your uh, other gamers out there what to go out and give Blood Bowl a try? What, what would be your recommendation here?
2: I, I would say definitely give it a try. It's, it's probably one of the classic miniature board games out there. You know, it, it's a lot of fun. You can meet a lot of people playing it. It's not too hard to learn the basics, but it takes a while to figure out all the ins and outs of it. So it, it's fairly simple to catch on to. And once you catch on to it, it's like, oh, wow, I can do all this, too.
1: <laughs> right. So, I mean, it sounds like just getting started is not too bad. But maybe beyond that, there's a little bit of a, a steeper learning curve yeah. to really grasp, grasp all the nuances of the game.
0: Yep. And I'm sure if you can find someone to help teach you the rules or get you started, that's always good, too.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: And I've found just about anywhere where – there's a game store. Somebody plays Blood Bowl, or has played Blood Bowl and loves it.
1: That's good. Well, really, really, really appreciate you taking the time and talking to us tonight. Um, this this fit really in perfectly with our football themed episode with uh, with the Super Bowl coming up. And when we were talking about what games are kind of like f- football, well, the first thing that came to our mind was obviously Blood Bowl. But it's like Tony and I were like. But we haven't had any experience in playing it, so we had to go get an expert. And luckily, we knew you and can come on and help us out. And we really appreciate you taking out, taking some time doing that for us.
2: Not, not sure I'm an expert, but <laughs> it's fun to play. Well,
1: <laughs> well didn't you? Uh, well, didn't you used to be a uh, the Games Workshop like um, player outrider? Yes, outrider. Yes, which covered um, Blood Bowl, right? It did. It did. Okay, that's an expert in my book. Yeah, so, I, I yeah. actually
2: used to run a couple of the. Um, leagues here in the area and then uh some tournaments at like mace and con carolina's way back way back in the day
1: (laughs) nice nice
2: but tournaments are always fun with blood bowl too cool
1: all right well again thanks for your time and thanks for coming on and i'm sure we'll have you back again in the future for for use of some of your other expertise, because I know you're a big gamer, especially a minis guy and even RPG, right? You play a lot of RPGs. I do. And so uh, we're going to do a special show on those in the future, and we'll definitely have you back on. Cool. And thanks for talking with us. Not a problem. Thanks we for having We do appreciate
0: you. it. Not a problem, Steven. We really do appreciate it. Anytime. <laughs>
1: To go along with this football episode, Tony and I thought we'd give our first impressions on a new game that we just tried out. The game is called Dreadball. It's from a company in the UK called Mantic Games. Dreadball is a futuristic sports game uh, that is a mixture of football and hockey and rugby and it's played on a board game format. And there are right now four different types of teams um, that exist. Uh, in Dreadball, there's the basically what's like the humans, the orcs, uh, a rat-type uh, team, and then uh, dwarfs. And the idea is you buy a team, uh, assemble it. There's a little bit of a symbol, uh, assembly that needs to be done, some gluing, some painting. Put together a team, uh, go up against somebody, and, and play a game. And I got together with Tony last week uh, to play at a local game store, and he had his first game. And I have played probably four or five times with my sons, and it's a game that we have really uh, grown to like. One reason why it called it plays very fast. Typically, when you think of a miniatures game, you think of a game that's going to take a while to play. This is not the case. This game is usually over in, in 30 to 45 minutes, and it's extremely fast-paced moving. It has a, a good feel of a sports game. Tony, I mean I know you only got to play it once and I don't even think we got to play a full game, but did you get an impression of what you what you thought of the game, whether you think it might be a, a decent game or not or
0: Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, you know what the game reminds me of? It reminds me of the 1975 film Rollerball with James Caan.
1: Oh, that's a good analogy.
0: I mean, just the the premise cuz in that film, by the way, it was remade in 2002 um and it, let me just say watch the 75 film anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> because you know in that film it's all about uh a, for those who don't know what it's about i mean it's basically they they do roller derby where they have a steel ball that they're trying to put in a goal and they use motorcycles and they have spiked gloves and they're out to in the final rollerball championship is a battle to the death and, but so that's when I play that, when, I, when you first told me about that game, that's what I envisioned. And Except there's no motorcycles
1: but, but it could be an enhancement. Oh, that could be cool in expansions with they motorcycles. Could, they
0: could put weapons on it, and 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 then oh, that'd be so neat. And um, maybe add foam footballs with it, or cut and slip. Yeah, there you oh, go. Wait a minute, that's electric Fo- football.
1: Foam footballs <laughs> and a vibrating board. There, there you go. But, but no, I mean, I think if you read the uh, the background story of the game. Um, the people that are throwing the ball have this special tool that they use to throw the ball with, supposedly they're throwing it 200 miles an hour, which is a lot like rollerball because they were throwing it pretty hard. Because I remember once some people killed when they were hit oh, with yeah. the ball or something Well, like it, com-
0: it came out of a cannon onto the That's floor, right. and they'd scoop it up. And But my, the, well, the, the, when you taught me this game, first off, you were able to teach me this game, the basic concepts in under 15 minutes. So, easily. Easily. And so it was able, um, I don't, of course, have the strategy. Um, I picked up, I ordered the rats uh, from that standpoint. And
1: and I think they're called vermin. Uh, sure. Or Vermin.
0: The, the Veermen stir something, Steelers or something, I don't know, um, Strikers or something. All I know is that uh, I've got these models to paint that have these little itty-bitty tails on them. <laughs> But that's okay. I can I can deal with that. And um, no, but the uh, but you made
1: the reference to the rules being pretty easy to pick up. Yeah, um, you had printed out that quick reference sheet, which is basically two sided sheet, and that's all you need for the rules. Yeah. They even had the stats for all the teams. Yeah, we got it and off that's of where
0: boardgame dot boardgame dot board boardgame um, board, board geek boardgame geek dot Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And um, yeah, somebody had created it out there, and uh, the fact that you get all the rules in two pages is really slick. It is pretty easy to understand. But it does feel a lot like a sports game in the fact that you set up your team. There are six people on the field uh, for each side, and the ball comes out in the middle, and you've got uh, three types of players. You've got um, strikers, jacks, and guards. Strikers are the guys that are really efficient at picking up the ball and throwing it and scoring with it. Uh, You have guards who cannot pick up the ball. They're not allowed to, but they can slam other guys, try to knock them down. Um, Going back to strike, strikers can't knock anybody down. And then a mixture of those two are the jacks. They're like the jack of all trades. They can slam, but aren't the best at it. They can pick up the ball and throw, try to throw strikes or score goals, but they aren't the best at that either. So those are your three types of players right there. And you have to be able to coordinate those on the field so you're going to have the guards going out trying to take out the other guys and get your strikers or jacks in position to be able to pick up the ball, and get to the other side of the field and try to score. Now, what makes the game move so quick is you never reset the board.
0: Yeah, I really so like after
1: that. So, after somebody scores, the ball just comes out the middle and it's up for grabs at that point. So you don't have to reposition your players.
0: Right, I, I really like that part of it that I didn't have to but you've got to have that strategy Uh, the other thing is you've got injuries that you've got to contend with during the thing Um, probably the only thing that really I found it hard to follow was when you started rolling the sixes and doubling and do that because I hadn't read the rules uh, I I wasn't following that but that is one of the key elements of the game and if you would Marty talk a little bit about the sixes and, and what that
1: means Sure, Um, there is a term in some other games um, called exploding, where if you roll a six, uh, you get that's a some some people say that explodes or there's a term where it means you get to pick it up and roll it again. So say for example, um, you need to well number one there are basic stats that everybody has and let's just do um, an example of somebody trying to slam somebody else. So you have a guard and he has a, a a strength value. And let's say his strength value was four. So when you roll your dice, you're going to count up the number of successes or the number of dice that are four, that uh, roll. you roll four, five, or six. You never increase or decrease those stats. The only thing you do is increase or decrease the number of dice you roll. So the more dice you have, the more chances you had of hitting. So if I was to roll three dice and one of them is a two and I get a four and a six. I've got two successes, but if you roll a six, you get to roll it again and add it to the previous count. So if I roll another four or five or six, that gives me three. If it's a six, I keep on rolling until I don't, I've don't. i stopped rolling sixes. So that's kind of slick in the fact that um, sixes, you just get the chance to be able to roll again. And the whole idea of doubling means if um, if you try to slam back against me and you have two successes, If I double that and get four successes, then I'd call what's doubling, which means i get the opportunity to potentially knock you down and potentially out of the game also. In fact, I played a a game the other day with uh, my son, and we had six people uh, go out of the game, basically killed off during the game Uh, because we kept slamming each other so hard you you were knocking them out. And eventually we were running kind of low on our bench because you only got two guys on your bench that you can bring in, and so we didn't have a lot of players at the end of the game. Okay, well, who won? Do you remember? Uh, actually, yeah, he did. He did. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it for some reason. Yeah, he takes these chances of trying to. There's, um, there's three strike zones. There's two strike zones in the front of the board and one in the back, and the one in the back's worth more. And he always goes for that one and somehow tends to get by all my guys to make it. So he actually does, does pretty good at it. But it really does have the feel of a sports game. And one thing I also really like about it is they have built-in league rules. And there's a, a lot of effort put into making leagues work. So the idea is maybe you have like eight guys and you set up a schedule and you you play a round of games. And as you play the game, you keep stats on your guys. So if your guys score really well or do, or your guards do a good job of knocking people out and stuff, they gain XP. At the end of the game, you add up the XP you got for your particular players, and they can gain additional abilities to be able to be used throughout the rest of the season. I thought that part was kind of slick.
0: Yeah, and from the standpoint, of the one thing I thought that was really slick about the game was with my guys, they're very fast. They didn't have the strength, so I was dodging you but the strategy of okay maybe i should try to bounce the ball off the wall to come back to my guy so i can try to catch it again or you you sometimes have to think about that. I thought that was a kind of a neat rule and how you roll the dice to determine the direction. And if it does, then did you touch on playing cards that I never got to use or any of that other stuff in coaches dice? And there's there's other these aspects to the game than more than just moving the guys and trying to score. There's other strategies that you can definitely use.
1: Yeah, basically you have um, five action tokens that you get you get to use per turn and you give one of your players an action token, they get they get to do something. They and they can only move.
0: do, what, two at a time? Two. Okay. They can only
1: do two on your turn. And the only way you can get any more is through cards. So there's a, a, a deck of cards, and at the beginning of the game, you're dealt either one or two cards to be able to use depending on what team you're playing. And you can use one of your action tokens to draw another card, and sometimes those cards will be, you know, take any free action, or your guard gets a free slam, or your striker gets a free throw. So effectively, you could play two tokens on a player plus a card and get them to move uh, three times. But with six players, that means uh, somebody's not going to do something that turn unless you use a card on them. Uh, So you really do have to think uh, think ahead. You just don't jump into it and start moving your guys around. You kind of got to think out how you're going to use your five tokens and your cards before you start uh, putting your plan into action. Right,
0: and you've got to deal with also re- Uh, and i found i guess for me was the thing i wasn't picking up on was when did i need to use all these other tasks but that's comes with more playing and i and i realized that and hopefully um you and i'll get a bit more chance to play uh one thing i I will need to caution our listeners on is that you can't just order the expansion teams you're going to have to order the either the base game to get, what, the boards and the tokens. You can order those, all that separate, but you might as well go out and go ahead and order the base starter, right, Marty? Can you order playing fields separately?
1: You, you can't right now. So, yes, there is a base starter set that comes with the orcs and the humans, uh, the playing board, the cards, dice, and some tokens. Now, since I had all that stuff, you know, I told you, just go buy a team, and the teams are Really cheap, I think. I mean, for 20 bucks, you can have a team and be up and running if somebody, you know, one of your friends or somebody else has a board that you can play on. And they're going to come out with
0: other teams, right?
1: Yes, they're going to come out with four in the second quarter and another four in the third quarter. That's one thing that's really nice about this company. Mantic Games, uh, from what I read, some of their history is all about trying to make miniature games affordable. They make other games, too, like regular uh, uh, war strategy games for miniatures but what they do is they try to keep it inexpensive. Um, from what I understand, the founders used to work at Games Workshop, and you, you know how Games Workshop is, their, their product is very expensive. So this guy kind of left and said, well, you know, what about if I want to create a hobby for miniatures where somebody doesn't have a lot of expendable income to get into this, and so he's done that. And I think he's made a very, or they have made a very affordable uh, sports game that anybody can, can get into.
0: Yeah, and there was you also ordered us up the MVPs. Those were kind of neat.
1: Yeah, they um, to go along with your teams, you can buy individual figures of um, models that go along with your team. They're called MVPs. So they basically, right out of the box, have built-in special abilities. But even those are only six, seven bucks a pop.
0: Right, and you know what would have been really? I know that they offered them in the Kickstarter. If I still had from my electronic football days, the little numbers that you could press on.
1: Those did come in the Kickstarter, um, but that's the little right. uh, the little press-ons that you can use to put them on the back of the jersey, which actually you need to do because if you play a league, you got to keep up with who did what during a game so you can keep up with their stats.
0: So there you go. I mean, because I'm not I'm not painting a little eight or a little seven on these guys, so we're going to have to find somebody that has those little press-ons. I'm sure out there in the internet world that somebody's selling those little press-on numbers.
1: Yeah, we can find them somewhere. Maybe we can find somebody um, who has some extra sheets from the Kickstarter that we might can get. But anyway, so that that is um, our kind of our first impressions of uh, Dreadball. I know that some of our friends around here are wanting to actually start a league, which I thought would be really kind of fun, and uh, just see how that goes. But it's, uh, it's a great little sports game. It def- definitely fits with our football-themed episode because it definitely has a good sports feel. There's no other games that we're playing right now that has a sports feel to it. So that's why it feels uh, fresh. And I hope it's one that stays in our library for quite some time.
0: Yeah, and and I guess if you, from on my side, it it was easy to learn. I can still probably, it's not going take a lot of time to to go between plays to to relearn the rules they'll come back real quick uh... easy to carry around i'm not carrying a huge hawking case with me i've got this little case that's going to have the figures in it as long as somebody's got the field and the tokens but i know all that will be made available later who knows they'll probably come out with fields that have your own home team advantage to them or so who knows where they're going to go with this but let me tell you if, if if anybody hears about it and they work there I want motorcycles.
1: (laughs) You heard that Mantic? Motorcycles. We want motorcycles in Dreadball. Dreadball from Mantic Games. Check them out. So that ends our special edition of Rolling Dice and Taking Names with our football episode. No, let me start that again. So that ends our football episode. No.
0: We got a personal foul for roughing the host. He can't get his words out so I'm going to try to get us out of here. Is that all right, Marty?
1: Yeah, please (laughs) because I'm having a rough time over here.
0: Oh my heavens. So anyway, first off we want to give a special thanks to Steve. He came on the show, took time out of his busy schedule to give us a review and an overview of a a miniature game called Blood Bowl. Uh, Very good game. Uh, Hopefully in the future, Marty and I will get a chance to play with him and take the opportunity to learn a little bit more about Blood Bowl. That's why we had him on the show so that he could kind of enlighten us and also enlighten others around us about what Blood Bowl is. Marty, you did a great review of Dreadball. I do appreciate you taking the getting another game in my uh, cabinet here. Another game to spend money on. You are the man.
1: Okay, but here's the, I was actually thinking about it today. That's it for a little while. We, we've got a good miniatures game, we've got a sports game, we've got a card game, and a good R- solid RPG. So we're set for a while for, for, our, for our foundational games. Uh, I
0: agree with you, and for those of you who've gone out and read the blog, I did go out and pick up Pillars of the Earth as my resource game. So, you know, hey, I got me a new resource game. I'm all excited about that. Can't wait to take that over to the house and play it with you.
1: I can't wait cuz that was a good game. I remember enjoying that at at uh, Origin. So, since it is the football edition and it is Super Bowl week, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you think is going to win this week? The 49ers or the Ravens? What's your prediction? Um, I got, you know, I'm
0: no Terry Bradshaw here, I'm no JB, am no Howie, or what was somebody? else? I don't know. I to be honest with you, Marty, for this is one of the few football seasons I really haven't paid attention to. Um, I am leaning towards, and I, I and I and I guess what I'd like to see is for Ray Lewis to get his final Super Bowl.
1: I know I agree. I'm not a big Ravens fan, but I would like to see Ray Lewis. It'd be a cool story to see him retire with the with the Super Bowl ring. I think that'd be kind of slick.
0: And, and I'm with you there. And uh, so I'm pulling for the Ravens. Who do I think is really going to win this thing? Uh, I, I think. Uh, I think it's going to come down to – I think the 49ers run game is probably going to dominate the game.
1: Well, there you go. I think um, I'm actually going to make a prediction. I think I'm going to pick the Ravens this time. I think think Flack goes on a high for some reason. I think he's playing out of his mind, and I, I think they continue to carry that through. I think they're the team of destiny right now. So, we'll see if we're right this weekend. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening. And check us out again in a couple weeks. Don't forget, you can check us out online at rolldicetakenames.com. And uh, since our last podcast, we are actually now on iTunes. So you can subscribe to the podcast there. And as soon as it hits the, uh, the interwebs, it'll be downloaded right to your iTunes. Q outro music. We're out.